this is the Hurricane Yvette, and this is the Melanin Pearls Podcast. Have you ever looked in social media and seen the post self-care day where you see pictures of people getting their nails done or going to a spa? I'm sure you've seen them, right, Yvette? Yeah, I'm, yeah, totally. <laughs> people taking time away from their normal routine for a break. But what does self-care really mean? So I decided to get very technical and I went to the dictionary and the Merriam-Webster dictionary describes self-care as care for oneself. And oh, yeah, well, that's right. helpful. That's really super exactly. helpful. And while that seems really broad and vague, I do say that it really does involve caring for yourself and not just the occasional many petty spa experience. Yeah. So we've been living in this pandemic for over a year now, and it's been really tough for all of us. And Yvette and I wanted to have a conversation regarding self-care and what it means and how to start. And we're so excited to have a special guest joining us today. So Yvette, before we do that, what's your definition of self-care? And would you do the honors of introducing our special, special guest? Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, the way self-care today is described it is completely and utterly backward right you know it's set up like it's this concept that is exclusively aimed towards women specifically wealthy white women who can afford all these goods and services that they get marketed to them as quote-unquote self-care right and it's characterized as an indulgence you know which kind of gives you the sense that if you don't have the money or the time you can't you wouldn't you can't do it right and it it, but it means that it's something that you occasionally can do when you get the money and when Mm -hmm. you get the time right you know when you can buy expensive bath products you know go on girls weekends and you know luxury spa appointments and chocolate you know i eat chocolate all the time but you would if you really think about it we spend more time talking about the self-care power of like high thread count bed sheets than we actually do about getting enough sleep we've needed, right? Mm-hmm. We run those bed focus, sheets. Right. We we focus on the bed sheets, right? Which means that we've wandered pretty far away from what could be considered healthy for the mind and body, right? And for me, you know, self-care is not an indulgence. For me, self-care is a discipline. It requires you to be really tough-minded and have a deep personal understanding of your priorities and respect for yourself as well as others around you, right? The ones that you choose to spend your life with, because if you ain't right, you ain't going to be helpful for anybody else. So that's, you know, my little, my little, my little ditty about self-care. So I have the pleasure of welcoming to the Melon Pearls podcast, a friend, um, a friend, a colleague, a neighbor, you know, her name is Dr. Jamie Lauren. Dr. Lauren, um, she received her doctorate in social work from Rutgers, New Jer- New Jer- Rutgers University in New Jersey, tongue-tied, you know, <laughs> Jersey girl. Um, Dr. Lauren is an experienced clinician with a demonstrated history of working in higher education, counseling, teaching, and administration. She owns her own private practice in Northern New Jersey, and she serves adults in New, Jer- in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. She is a skilled crisis management interventionist. I made that, I made that up myself. Um, <laughs> um, she's, she's skilled also in clinical supervision, conflict resolution, facilitation, and program development. And she focused her doctoral work on self-care 
which is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And self, but but specifically self-care as a primary intervention for college students. Dr. Lauren is a voracious learner and takes frequent training on clinical and social justice topics. Uh, She is a community advocate for mental health and is dedicated to social and racial justice, equity, and amplifying the LGBTQIA plus and brown communities voices in her practice and community. And I can attest to that because Jamie and I sit on the board of a grassroots organization we created in our little town, suburbia in New Jersey, that's addressing social justice, right? And making this town great for everyone, regardless of your skin color, So, which is totally awesome. So her hobbies, which I find hilarious, is not only hanging out with her friends and families, right? She likes hiking and traveling and photography, but get it, she really likes bad horror movies. You know, like the bad <laughs> horror movies? This is what I'm gonna tell you about. It's like the horror movies you're watching, right? You're sitting there on the couch eating your popcorn and, you know, spooky house or whatever. And the people are like, oh, let's go in there. Like, no, don't go in there. No, don't go in there. Like, like, don't Don't go in there. And they go in there. Look, I told you don't go in there. Right. (laughs) Those are the type of bad movies that she believes like. So, Dr. Lauren, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, making the time to join our wonderful, wonderful audience um, and Erica and to talk about this really, really important topic of self-care. Thank so you so Eric, much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank so, you, you know, for joining you know us. Erica talked about, you know, the unhelpful Webster Dictionary um, definition of self-care. You know, I gave my little ditty about self-care. But from your perspective, Dr. Lauren, what does self-care really mean? You know, when I started doing this work around 2014, 2015, I started with a simple Google search. And what I read when I found, you know, kind of researching things is that the search for self-care had doubled since Mm -hmm. 2015. And that people were really looking to find out what are ways that I can take care of myself? What does the self-care mean? So I started looking at it from a very scientific perspective because I wanted to see the science behind it as a good researcher would. And I found a grand nursing theorem theory by Orem. And basically what the theory states as the definition of self-care is the practice of activities that individuals initiate and perform on their own behalf in maintaining life health and well-being. And so I want to highlight the phrase, the practice of activities that individuals initiate and perform. It's yep. a really individual experience. Self-care does not look the same for everyone and it is very self-directed. So that's the definition that I chose to work from. Yeah. And you know what? It's really, it's really important because self-care is, it's deliberate making time, deliberate Mm -hmm. action, right? It's intentional. It's it's very intentional. intentional. Right. And, you know, and one needs to be super, super conscious of their well-being before they can really achieve, you know, self-care. You know, when I was thinking about self-care, which has been really more prevalent since the pandemic, I was start, I started thinking, I was like, you know what, being an adult is completely overrated. You know, (laughs) it it, it is. I say that all the time. (laughs) You know, it comes with, you know, this overwhelming amount of responsibilities, you know, targets to meet at work, you know, profit and loss targets, right? Then you have everything that you have to do at home, not to mention all your social activities and other engagements. You know, there are times where I just relish, you know, opportunity, like just change place with a dog. You know, my dog, Chance, he 
he was well he was well taken care of like he lived the life you know for the nine years that he was on this planet he was spoiled you know he had play dates you know he just would sleep all day and literally he had nothing to worry about nothing nothing but you know that's really next to impossible being an adult you know and when you think about it the only way to be at peace with yourself is by embracing what you got to do but also taking the time to focus on what is essential which is also self-care mm-hmm. what do you think e? no i totally agree and and you know i've really been working to implement you know self-care in my life and i think that one of the things that I like to do for that. And it's just as simple as taking a walk, like just walking, being just with yourself, not having to do anything, be alone in your thoughts. That in itself to me is self-care too. It's just getting yourself ready for your day or ending your day with intention. Right. And I know Yvette, you've mentioned what you've done for intention and you, you have, you know, boundaries that you set around that. And I think that's important. You have to be intentional and make those things important because what we tend to do, especially as women, is to make everything else important. And then we're the last person or second to last person on the list. And, you know, it's almost like when you're in an airplane, right? They say you have to put the mask on first and then put it on someone else. I think it's the same thing. Like you have to really care for yourself before you can care for others. And that's many, it's multidimensional. At least I think so. Right. And so Dr. Dr. Lauren, right, I, I think f- people may think that self-care means that you're being selfish, you know, and I really want to debunk that because I think that that viewpoint of it being selfish be- is because you're in, it has this air of indulgence, right? You know, weekend spending money, right? If money's tight, you, you can't go nowhere or buy that spa or get that mani-pedi you don't, you're, you're ultimately, your mind is set. Like you can't take care. You can't do that. Right. You know, because you can't do that because it costs money, but that's not self-care, you know, and it's not being selfish. So Dr. Lauren, can you tell, share with us a little bit about, you know, how to debunk the myth that taking care of yourself or self-care is, you know, you're being selfish. Well, I think the first thing we have to do is we have to kind of look at the fact that, We're living a very, very, very busy and productive focused life. And that if we don't have a production, if we're not producing something, we don't feel as though the time we're spending is worthwhile. And so taking care of ourselves doesn't often produce something. There's not often something that you can say, oh, well, you know, here's what I did with my self-care time. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. It's an experience of lightness. It's an experience of being happy. It's an experience of being less stressed. And so if we really look at it as less of it has to show to be productive and it has to have value in that way and that it just has value in the fact that I feel better and that I can take the time to spend on myself, to help myself grow, to help myself um, feel less stressed, to help myself be more engaged in my existence, I think is a much better way to frame it. So it's not something that's going to produce anything at the end of the day that you can necessarily see, but it is going to improve your life happiness. It is actually going to increase your productivity in other places, and it is really going to help you lower your stress and live a much more balanced 
balanced life. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, self-care for me, and I'm just going to talk about myself, you know, helps me maintain a healthy relationship with myself so that I can be a positive impact and transmit good feelings to others. You know, I've said this all, I say this all the time. You can't pour it from an empty cup. You know, you can't just keep giving and giving and giving to other people if nothing there. You need to go back to the well, right? To fill your cup. And self-care is that well. It's one of those wells, right? That's it, you know, and paying attention to your well-being, no pun intended, is not selfish, right? Because in actuality, you're reinvigorating or refilling yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself for the people around you. You know, mm-hmm. everyone benefits when you're renewed with your renewed energy and the joy that you exhibit. I think that's super, super important. And, and that's for me. That's how I've kind of embodied, you know, the importance um, of self-care and why, you know, I'm always at the top of my to-do list. And always. I think, and I think self-care involves saying no and being Absolutely. comfortable in saying no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to be with this person because of the toxicity. You know what I mean? Like it it, it involves. So, you know, we have to really be firm in some of the things that we will not do or will not accept. And, and going back to what we're saying, that's not selfish. That's really just caring for your well-being. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. And Dr. Lauren, I, I know you, you work with the college student, age students, um, you know, social media, everyone is comparing themselves mm-hmm. to what other people are kind of posting out there. And so when you think about it, that post of, of someone's, you know, come up or whatever is could be the best day of their life. Right. But you don't compare someone's best day of their life with your life because you don't know what they had to do to get there, you know? So that's one. And the second thing is some of the stuff people are posting is not even real, right? So what I find that's really hard, and I I really want your input on this, Dr. Lauren, especially dealing with, you know, college-age students who say, like, I don't have time or whatever. Um, How do you interrupt that? ting of jealousy or comparison when you see someone else's pos- a positive piece happen in their life or they attain some award or get some a degree or they're traveling, right? How do you kind of interrupt that so that you're not there comparing yourself and then going down that rabbit hole of things getting negative, 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 because you're like, I can't do anything. I'm awful. You know, I'm not producing that. How can, how can we, you know, kind of interrupt that, that narrative that runs in our head? One of the things I think with self-care, and you both mentioned it a little bit earlier, was boundary setting. Mm-hmm. And I think the boundary setting isn't always just with other people, it's with ourselves. And so when we find that social media prompts these feelings of jealousy or, or of inadequacy is really what I see the most. I don't feel as good as, I don't mm-hmm. have what they have, I'm not going to be able to accomplish those things. I really encourage people to take a step back and really go within because in order to feel like you're living your best life, you really have to have self-awareness about where you're at and you have to set boundaries with yourself. So if social media is destructive and doesn't make you feel good, then 
don't go on it. Give yourself the space from those things. If the news is overwhelming, it is okay to take a step back and say, okay, I need space from this for a while. But I think what I've learned over all of my research and working with people is that we are oftentimes the barrier to our own happiness. We keep ourselves stuck because we mm -hmm. think it has to look a certain way. Self-care has to look a certain way. Our lives have to look a certain way a certain way. So I really encourage people to challenge those thoughts and say, well, what does happiness mean to me? What does self-care mean to me in every aspect of my life? Instead of looking for external validation, really seeking it from an internal source. Mm. You know, that is super, yeah. super important. Totally important. And, and it makes me think about when we talk about comparisons, um, we had a podcast uh, episode where we had uh, a, an amazing panel. And um, one of the panelists said, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. And I'd not heard that phrase before. And when she mentioned it, I was like, oh, my gosh, it is so real because I could be having an amazing day and I go on social media and see something. And then my day is now you know, less than because I've compared it, right? I could be in the ma most amazing mood and I see something and then that just totally changes my whole perspective on things about myself. And that's just, um, yeah, it's, 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 that. it's crazy. It's crazy. It really you is. Know, we've talked about this, you know, Eric and I have talked about this a lot, but you know, since we have a true doctor on the pet, on the phone, with us today, <laughs> yes. I wanted to um, kind of talk about this, you know, Dr. Lauren, uh, I, I learned the hard way, it took me a long time, that everything that I needed for myself, you know, I already had with me, like it's in within me, you know, I was looking for, you know, validation and, you know, from the outside for people to say, you're pretty, you're smart, you're intelligent, you're successful, da, 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 you know, you're this, you're that, all of those labels that people were ascribing to me, you know, either I believed or I didn't believe. And nine times out of 10, if it was a negative label back in the day, I normally believe that over the positive, right? And when, the, when I did that work to unpack, you know, those, that view I had of myself and the world that I lived in, you know, I was able to take off the glasses that I was looking at my life from, right? Because they were, it wasn't my view. It was everybody else's view, right? My mama, my father, my, whatever, right? You know, and I took what my family said and my parents said, it's sacrosanct. Like they have, that has to be true because that's them. And that was completely and utterly false. I had to get to the point where I loved myself, where I thought that I was, you know, all that in a bag of chips, that I was confident in my capabilities. I was confident that I am a good person. I was showing myself by providing myself examples, like me telling myself, yeah, I'm a good person, right? I don't, my day is not to go out, you know, and start out and just be like hellfire and treat everybody evil. I am a good person. And I also found out about myself is that the key part of me is that every person who crosses my path, my goal in life is to make them feel better, right? To leave them better, then I found them. That's how I operate, right? And I learned that about myself. Why? Not by someone else telling me that. By me doing the work and digging from inside. And I always tell this to people is that all those things that you're looking for, the right spouse, the right job, right? The right clothes, the right shoes, the right house, the right car. What does that say? 
You know, what have you do get the car? You still feel empty. Then you set another goal, you know, to get like a pair of Christian Labaton shoes, right? You get the shoes, you still feel empty, right? All those things that people buy on the outside for fulfillment, it's not it. It's a false God, right? It's buying the house, getting the bright man or having the, you know, 2.3 kids, whatever, you know, dogs or whatever. Those things, if that's not what you are all about and what you are aligned to and your values and what you want and what you're passionate about and how you want to live your life, literally you're living your life from someone else's lens, right? You're living your life based off someone else's definition of success. You're living your life based off of someone's definition of happiness. You're you're building your life and living your life off of someone or society's definition of what's right. And that needs to be interrupted. When I disrupted that thinking, my life literally changed. And and that thinking, sinking thinking that I'd say, changed my I changed my narrative and in order for me to keep that mindset, the positive mindset, self-care is at the top of my list, the top. And, you know, and I want to leave people better than I found them, you know, and so I'm happy for someone who going on a trip to Italy or, you know, got a certification or got a promotion. Totally happy for you. Why? Because that's your journey, not mine. Right. And, and, and that's important, right? experience you know yes. it doesn't take away from your success for someone else to be successful yeah right. that was one of the questions we also asked during that boss lady panel is just mm -hmm. like you know how do you keep in check when someone else you know you know gets that magazine cover because we did have you know someone who you know works with celebrities and and is in that vein right so I was like how do you handle when you know Kiki Palmer's hairstylist or, you know, is mentioned or, you know, all this stuff and getting all this credit through, you know, um, commercials and media and all this kind of like, how do you, like, how do you put that in? And you know what she said? She's like, well, that's her. It's not me. Mm -hmm. Right. That's her. That's me. My talent has, I know that I'm talented, right? I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I know what I can do and what I've done. And that's good enough for me. Right. And one of the things that I also found out after we had that that panel podcast is that, you know, at the end of the day, when you think about your life, it's not about all the things that you accumulated. Right. It's the experience of the journey. You know, happiness is not a destination. You know, success is not a destination. It's all about the journey, because if you focus on being happy, you know, if you focus on being the best version of yourself, all that other stuff that you're trying to plot, you know, and scheme and get happens automatically. That success, you know, that your version of success, you know, that happiness, it's 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 every day. It's not being it's not about being perfect in the end. It's about being good and better every day. And I think that for me changed my life. I mean, Dr. Lauren, and we talked about this, you know, social media, it, it, it's the devil, <laughs> right? It, it's the devil, right? And, um, and I think this pandemic has just magnified, you know, 
us being trapped, literally, we've been trapped in our homes, right? And all we've been barrage, you know, barraged with is TV or we're on our phone. You know, people have lived their life through Twitter updates and people are on social media and a lot of, you know, organizations and companies have pushed to like Facebook and um, um, what was the other one? Uh, Facebook. What's the other one? Erica? Instagram. Instagram. Oh, yeah, Instagram <laughs> to sell stuff, to sell stuff. Right. So just think about it. If you since Facebook bought Instagram, if you go on Facebook and you click on some ad or whatever, it shows up in your Instagram feed. I don't know if you all peep that, you know, oh, no, I've like, noticed, right. If you're I've clicking noticed. on one, it shows up in the other. Why? Because they are trying that clickbait. It's literally bait because they're trying to say like, you thought about it here. Now you move to Instagram. Oh, here, think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And normally people buy, right. They see it once and it pops up again. Not the same, not the same outfit or whatever, something different, you know, to, to get you to latch on to that idea of that, whatever, that false sense of, worth that false sense of beauty people focus on you know the clothes and the shoes and the houses and the cars and all those other things and you don't need any of that to be happy Mm -hmm. so dr lauren just to switch gears a little bit so you know we we've talked about what self-care is we talked about how external factors make us think that we are caring for ourselves when we're potentially focusing on external things and not necessarily focusing on ourselves. So, you know, I, you know, Yvette and I've talked about this and, and how do we, how do we make time for self-care? Because, you know, our thoughts are our barriers, you know, sometimes we consciously um, choose, you know, we, we're going to choose what we want to do. How do we make time? How do we choose to make time for, for self-care? How do we replace those, those behaviors, those habits um, with, with a healthy engagement on self-care? So, you know, one of the things I think is really useful is to be really mindful of the shoulds, the have tos. Um, if those are a lot of what goes on in our brains is to kind of take a step back and think about, well, what are the shoulds? Are the shoulds something that are really applying to my health and well-being or are they things that society is telling me are important? So I really like to start with being self-aware and kind of sitting with ourselves. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable and it's much easier to look to the outside to tell us what's valuable because there are many there are many options. Well, you're valuable if you look this way, you can find a fitness influencer here. You know, so I really encourage people to sit with themselves and to sit in the discomfort of what it's like to evaluate yourself as a person, you know, evaluating your physical being, your social being, your spiritual being, your emotional being, social being, and kind of seeing where there are deficits and taking an inventory. And then once you have an inventory of where you might want to put some work is to actually start with one thing. This is where I think people go wrong. They're like, well, I have all these areas where Mm -hmm. I I need to do self-improvement. You can't do self-improvement all day, every day. It's not advisable. It's not healthy. You actually need to be engaged in your life. And that's the point of self-care is you're identifying where something's not working in an aspect of your life. And you choose one thing to start with. If your sleep is erratic, start with your sleep. I always start with the basic life functioning skills first, eating, 
sleeping, socializing, moving your body. Are you doing those basic things? Have you developed some habits with that? Because number one, they don't cost you any money and there are changes that you can make incrementally. Let's say you're going to bed at 2 a.m. every day. Well, it's not reasonable to say, okay, well, I'm gonna now go to bed at 12 or 11. Start mm -hmm. with 30 minute chunks. What you wanna do is you wanna set yourself up to be successful because what ends up happening is you have a to-do list of 20 things, you can only get two done and then you feel like a failure. That's not the point of self-care. The point of self-care is identifying what you need and ways to get it. And how you get it is gonna be individual to you. Mm. That's so true, you know, and for, for everyone out there, if you think about it, if you have doing that self-work, that self-work, that cathartic work, it's, it's not pretty. I mean, yeah. it's, it's to the point where, you know, when through that process, you do the ugly crying, you know, the crying where you got the snot coming out your nose, you know, <laughs> and your face is swelling up and it's, it's uncomfortable, but comfort and growth can't coexist. In order to grow, you have to be uncomfortable, like learning a new language. You don't know it. So it's going to be uncomfortable because you, you don't know it. You're not getting it right or whatever. Same thing with self-care and finding out what your core values are. And doing that work, I'm telling you, it the residuals, the return on investment is a happier life. And a life that you are living based off of what? What aligns with you? What aligns with your core values? And and as Dr. Lauren said, you know, your present circumstances don't determine where you can go, right? They just merely determine where you start, you know, start small, because once you get those small, quick wins, you know, that list, that to-do list may feel and look daunting, but it's doable because you started small, you know, and I, I think that's really important. No, that, that is definitely important. And, you know, this is such an important topic and we've unpacked so much in this first episode that um, we've asked Dr. Lauren to come back and join us because there is so much to self-care, you know, and this, and we're just scratching the surface. And, and I think the main thing I think that I carried away from our conversation, this is a very personal journey and you have to take the time for you. Dr. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we look forward to you joining us again because yes, self-care yes. is so important. Yep. Um, and we want to thank our folks out there for listening and listening. And I hope we took something out of this because this is a very, very important topic. Yvette, Super do you want to close? Yeah, you know, I want everyone out there to, to be unrelenting committed to prioritizing your joy because you are so worthy and you are enough. So with that, thank you everyone. Uh, Dr. Lauren, thank your you. friendship, your, your guidance, your, your speciality is just, is just, I love it. So thank you again. Yes. Thank thanks so for joining us. For me. Thank you. And that's our show. Any samples of media remain the property of their owners. Opinions expressed reflect the individual's point of view, not the Melanin Pearls podcast. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes and Spotify. If there's a topic you would like for us to cover, let us know by visiting www.melaninpearls.com. Thanks for listening.
And until next time, we encourage you to visualize your best self. Thank you.